Bing bing bo ba ba bing 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 boom 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 bong bong bing. Tom foolery aside, I'm ready to record. <laughs> he played cards like a fool, but I, who had never seen such singleness of purpose, felt like clapping. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to the book club. Boys, my name is Luke, and you're joined by mine and your fa- three favorite people, just like always, Adam, Sam, Max, fellas. Let's talk about these fucking weird-ass chapters, dude. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of shooketh. Yeah, man. Present. Also, great move to re-record Word. the quote, because that voice was phenomenal. I was expecting <laughs> yeah. to do something like kind of different, but kind of not, but that was a full send. And no, I liked it. it was like a mix between, like, my, um... You know that video where it's like, I can smell you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of a mix between that and just like, you know, sultry voice. Sure. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I liked it. You yeah. should just do it every time. The quotes? Do different yeah. voices every time? time. <laughs> yeah. Or just that voice. That was a great one. Okay, sweet. I'll Dude, have to I can try really- I can only imagine how fun the quote thing would have been with Blood Meridian, just with all the different voices you could do oh for those God, characters. Bro. Oh, that would be awesome. Like, content aside, obviously. Yeah, content aside, yeah, yeah that would have been a dark, a dark one. Yeah, a, a dark quote one. for a dark book. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> Should I just go grab Midnight's Children? Or not Midnight's Children, wrong book. Uh, forget <laughs> Or Mac McCarthy. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> everybody. Or we pay attention all the time. Or <laughs> we're super smart and know what we're talking about. 100%. Yeah, we're all super that's, smart. Dude, that's our brand. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, our brand is to be dumb. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, fellas, what... Before... I guess before we get into the shit, right? Like, what's new with you guys? It's been... it. This is a special, like, transnational and after dark version of the book club boys because adam is out on the east coast and it's almost midnight where he's at that's the kind of dedication he's bringing max is up in montana and we can see out his window that it's literally still looks like it's the middle fucking day up there because he's so far north and then sam and i are still in colorado but you know best state of the union (laughs) so there's no 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 problem with that right (laughs) the best one of the 50 that's why everybody moves here and i-25 turns into a parking lot every single day at 2 p.m literally i've been pretty pretty good for the most part we've i don't know how it's been for you guys down there but like Obviously, the Pacific Northwest is having, like, a giant heat wave nightmare, so it's been, like, 103 or 104 degrees in Montana this whole week, so, like, like Luke was saying, the sun comes up here maybe, like, 7.15, and it doesn't go down until, like, 10.15 at night right now, and it'll stay in, like, the mid to low 90s until, like, this, like, 9.45 at night. So I'm going to bed, it's like 90 degrees still. And it's yeah. been super brutal. And like I work outside, so I'm like wearing my 100% cotton long sleeve shirt in my like jeans. And it's just been, it's been miserable. So I've been like going through probably like four or five water bottles of water a day and just like sweating like I'm getting paid to do it. So it's been brutal. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what you are getting paid to do, right? Like literally then to be in my the far gear and like not, <laughs> not die of heat stroke. I'm like, all right, fine. I guess we still have to pay you because you're still alive. Here you go. That's I mean, great. dude, a little bit of heat stroke would be a bad thing because the union would definitely help you out with that. The union shit, would you know for sure. I mean? They would get, they would hook you up with some good labor lawyers for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it might be actually good to you know get wink get oh yeah i'll, I'll uh, have stroke. a little accident tomorrow maybe i'll stick my tongue in one of the meter boxes and have a little accident <laughs> i was so dehydrated my tongue just flew out of my mouth and made contact with a live wire just evaporate on the spot leaving nodding but my my sweat sodden work clothes <laughs> it just poof <laughs> Oh man, Sam, what were you saying before? Oh, I was just saying, Allie got me this like a hydro flask style like bottle. That's like a a full like two liter. Oh, just like chongy. Yeah, just like huge insulated bottle. I put like ice in it today, and it stayed cold for like the whole day, and it was just like 
Bro, we take those. So, we yeah, take I would like, highly recommend getting one of literally those. Literally, <laughs> the only way I've survived is I've been using Monica's Hydro Flask. So I do, like, I take two bottles of water, and I fill both of them with ice. But, like, my analogy and the ice melts within, like, the first hour of work. And then the insulated one stays cool. So I drink, like, the piss warm water in the morning when I'm hating my life. And then <laughs> when I get to the afternoon, I bust out the insulated, and I, like, take some nice cool sips. Dude. Also, this is... Uh, I'm sad that Adam has stepped away from the from the camera for the story, but I did like a meter, I think on Monday afternoon, where I had to drive down a very, very overgrown road to an irrigation ditch. And it was probably like half of a mile down this road where there were there was grass that was like up, up, pretty much like above my truck, the roof of my truck. So like the grill of my truck is just plowing through the grass. And I go do the meter and I go back and I pull out and I like get out of the truck because the hood is covered in like little grass seeds. So I like sweep them all off, get back in my truck. It's like 98 degrees. I turn on the AC. There is no cabin filter in my truck and all of the grass seeds start blowing out of the AC. Oh my God. So I'm like, (laughs) I like turn off the AC, but then I'm like sweating to death. I turn it back on and there's like fucking grass seeds blowing in my face. Like my allergies are really bad. And I'm like, Oh my God. And so that was on Monday, and today, I think I finally blew all of the grass seeds out of the vents, because every time I would stop and restart the truck, it would blow, like, a new wave of grass seeds out. So, like, every single meter I did, I would do my little process, get back in my truck, and then sweep all the grass seeds out of the fucking seats, and then I'd open both doors and, like, run the AC for a couple minutes to, like, blow them all out the windows, and then I would go on with my day. And that has happened this entire week, so... It's been great, man. I love it. That's so brutal. They they just <laughs> so don't have a terrible. fucking cabin filter in the no, work trucks. No, I think it's just I don't know, man. It's the yeah, the work truck special. Like these these idiots don't give a fuck about this. Like <laughs> base yeah, model. Yeah, the later, I mean it's the 2012 Chevy Colorado. This is enough to get you from point A to point B, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, like, a, I guess a we'll quick, put a stereo um, in. A quick hot day tip. From back in my youth core days, shout out Sam for uh, for my youth core baby. Um, When I when either I would pack or my mom would pack my lunch. Shout out Mary Lou for packing lunches every once in a while. Um, If you if you have like one of those cold packs and you slice up some watermelon and put it in your lunchbox with one of those cold packs, and and you have a good enough lunchbox, obviously that shit stays cold like all day. And then you can just like, whether it's like lunchtime or it's like three in the afternoon, you just pop it open and have a couple like basically watermelon ice cubes. And that shit, it, it's the nectar of the gods, dude. I swear, dude. It's, it's so slaps. fucking good. Like chili watermelon when you're sweating, like getting sunburnt, picking up bindweed and fucking Pagosa Springs. Thistles. Like... <laughs> Oh, the thistles Dude. are the worst. The thistles, man. Up uh, Spruce Gulch was the worst, man. Spruce yeah, we'd just worst be place. set loose on like literal acres of just like mm-hmm. woods and Canadian thistle, which is just like <laughs> super spiky, like not very good smelling weeds. And it all shares a fucking root system. Yeah, it all shares a root system. So like, you have to get all of them, and like, you have to get all the way down to like the root so you're like bending over fully at the waist in a field of spiky weeds in the hot sun but you know what makes it a little better is some uh cold watermelon yeah yeah just, there you go just a little some bit of, of the mary lou special a little cold yeah. watermelon right in your lunchbox <laughs> that's so funny yeah well we had a couple of canadian thistle pop up in the yard at the house yeah. and i was like this is not happening to my yard. Like, <laughs> before they even like had more than three leaves on them, I was like, yeah. "I recognize you. I know you." <laughs> I our backyard was pretty not bad in this weeds. house. Our backyard was pretty bad with weeds because um, our our landlord, who is Lily's father, like we live at Lily's dad's place and we rent from him, which we're very grateful for because it's a very good financial decision for us. However. He decided that it was the best decision to try and zero-scape the front and the backyards, but he didn't really do it the right way. So he basically just put down, like, one layer of weed matting and then mulch right on top of that. 
and of course it just gets inundated with like a bunch of just like bindweed thistles like other types of grassy stuff because because there's no competition for the stuff right and so i've been putting it off for for way too long right like it's totally on me like procrastinating doing it but over the past few days because we were, we're having some people over for uh for the fourth of july and we want to use the backyard because you know fourth of july um i've just been out there like bending over and picking like weeds and just like trying to like <laughs> clean everything up and i've Throwback. filled up like some massive contractor bags and now I have a little tramp stamp sunburn because I forgot to like fucking. <laughs> it's so dumb. That's you gotta dumb. sunburn. You gotta like sunscreen the small of your back sometimes because you lean it over too much. And then, you know, there's just like, it's like a soccer tan, but for your back, dude, just right across, right across. The weed picker's oh, tan. The weed picker tan. <laughs> it's even worse man. than a farmer's tan because you're only picking like unvaluable, crappy plants. I know. And then on top of that, it just kind of ruins the ink from my actual trap stamp. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it right. fades it out. <laughs> yeah. You, like, you can barely read the like only $10 on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Just to be clear, that Luke does not have a... Yeah, just to clear that Luke does <laughs> well, not have That I know of. Have, that yeah, I've seen. Did. Yeah, a lot could have changed in the past like month and a half, bro. You don't know. That is true. <laughs> you never know. Well, fellas, let's uh, let's start diving into the book. And I think Max is going to hit us with a summary for yes, these sir. three chapters. Actually, just really quick, dude. I don't know what it is, but somehow when we read books... Have you guys noticed this? It's almost as if, like, the three shittiest chapters almost always get put in one section for us. <laughs> like, however we splice for up real, the book, real. all the shittiest chapters, we read them, like, literally, like, as a one-week type thing. And I feel like this week was that week for us. So, so Max... I liked these Max. chapters. Well, I, I oh, think there man. were good chapters, but shitty stuff happened. Shitty stuff happened. Yeah, yeah that's more what I mean. Of, I think for okay. me, it was, like... Okay. Well, we'll get, listen, we'll get into it, folks. Hit us with that summary, Max. All right, so, listen, this is what happens. The first chapter is called Alpha and Omega, and a lot of things happen, but one of the most important things is that Lily Burns, Evelyn Lilith Burns, gets her ass whooped by the brass monkey, because the brass monkey's like, you know what, fuck this girl, and she's, like, shooting cats, and the brass monkey can, like, talk to cats, and so she's like, you know what? I want to protect these animals and whoop your ass. And she whoops her ass so hard that her dad is like, I got to send you back to America. That was just too much of an ass beating. So he <laughs> ships her back to America. She's out of the story, which I personally am like, you know what? Okay, nice. This is nice. Um, another part of this chapter that was pretty brutal is that our boy Salim goes to school and just gets straight up like abused by his geography teacher who like pulls him in front of the class and like calls him a bunch of racial slurs and then like pulls his hair out and it's just like a really hard scene to read but i'm just doing the summary i'm not analyzing anything and then <laughs> at the end of the chapter salim um goes to like the school dance and gets chased by the bullies and in like such a classic little kid moment He's, like, trying to close a door, and they are trying to open it, and the door slams and just cuts off the tip of his finger, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, the second <laughs> chapter is called The Colonist Kid, and this one, he... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. It's been a long week. Listen. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so this one, he basically comes back from the hospital and when he's at the hospital they ask for his blood type to like put his finger back on and this is where we find out that Salim is not actually like the child of his parents I mean we knew this but the parents find out that like Salim's the wrong child or whatever you know we talked about the whole switcheroo and so his dad is basically is like okay fuck I'm super mad and I'm not gonna treat you like my kid anymore and Salim goes straight from the hospital to, like, his uncle's house, his uncle Hanif's house, who is the guy who's married to the actress Pia. And he pretty much, like, just lives there for, like, quite a while. We don't, I don't think he says specifically how long it is, but it's a pretty long time. And he, like, doesn't hear from his parents, and it's just, like, 
he basically accepts this like little new lot in life um and while he's there um he just kind of gets a little creepy with his aunt <laughs> which like classic magical realism move which we'll talk about later but um there's also this whole scene where homie homie catrack who's like one of the neighbors in his home neighborhood comes over and he like gives salim a note and tells him to give it to his aunt and salim gives his aunt the note and the note like causes her to totally like freak out and lose her mind and we find out that like she was cheating on his uncle with that homie catrack and then homie catrack gave her a note being like hey i'm breaking up with you i've got another girl or whatever so she totally loses her mind and this all happens and then all of a sudden salim's parents show up and just like take him home and just don't explain anything to him and they're just like all right cool be your home <laughs> and he like gets home and amid his dad is just like basically completely over him and treats him like shit um and then the last chapter we read was called commander sabermati's baton and so this one was pretty brutal um salim basically is just like trying to get through life with his dad being super shitty and the brass monkey his sister becomes like the family favorite and she kind of like usurps his position as the family golden child um and all of the midnight children's stuff starts to get a little crazy too where he explains that like the midnight children's conferences are going downhill because everybody is kind of like branching off in their own lives and they're all kind of getting infected with like real world things and they're all kind of just like fucking off and meanwhile i think it's in this chapter it's alluded that all of these murders that have been happening in the city to prostitutes might have been committed by shiva salim's like weird little like alternate ego guy um and at the end of the chapter or not the end of the chapter towards the middle of the chapter he starts to go visit that old doctor who like lives in the neighborhood and the doctor basically is like, hey, you got to be a snake and, like, be really shitty. And Salim's like, all right, I'm in, man, whatever. <laughs> and he pretty much, like, sets up this whole plan to get revenge on homie Catrack Kat for, like, hurting Pia, but also indirectly get revenge on his mom for, like, kind of cheating on his dad. So he, like, writes an anonymous message to Captain Sabermarty basically being like hey why is your wife like cheating on homie catrack or i mean cheating on you with homie catrack and he sends it to him and the commander does not take it well he <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> he finds out that she's cheating he rents i mean he checks out a gun from his little like navy place and he goes and just straight up ices homie catrack kills him shoots his wife in the stomach his wife ends up surviving and then he like turns himself in and the chapter kind of ends with this interesting sequence where this whole court case is like big news across the country and there's like a pretty strong group of supporters that think that the commander is in the right because he was cheated on and like they feel bad for him but also he's like a very high-ranking military officer and people think that he like he was about to become like the head of the admiralty or something so that people are like oh well he has to become like the he has to get his promotion so like we can't put him in jail for this and it ends up going all the way to the um the president i don't even know if that's the right term the president of the of the country and he basically has to make the final decision and there's this moment in the book where salim is worried that he might basically um say yeah you know what whatever we're not going to press criminal charges but then he doesn't the commander gets put in prison and it's kind of like this little oh thank god the rule of law still exists moment and then at the end of the book like his or at the end of the chapter his mom is like sees all of this in the news and decides that it was like a really bad idea to be seeing um nazir khan at the pioneer cafe so she stops seeing him and in like kind of a sad moment she kind of just like accepts her fate and just like withers away <laughs> like all within like a couple of pages and it's just a really really brutal end to a brutal stretch of chapters um and that's kind of all that happens in those chapters yeah dude i mean our boy salim in these three chapters gets fucked up and then does a lot of fucking up you know for sure. like that first chapter was 
was brutal to read about him literally just like getting physically abused by his teacher and then ridiculed by these kids and then like by the time he actually gets to this like formal dance thing he's actually able to like find a little bit of happiness at the dance dancing with this one girl and then like going on a walk with this one girl and then these two fucking bullies come up and he like good for him he knees them straight in the nads right but then like that leads to him losing the tip of his fucking finger and shit which leads to his parents finding out that he's not their kid and his dad i think i I feel like his dad thought that his mom cheated on him or something like that yeah for sure was was the vibe i was getting and then just like a lot of shit happened a lot of shit to unpack so let's start with with highs and lows boys uh adam you want to start us off yeah i definitely have a high um I think my high is kind of just like it's been like a theme throughout some of the book and then definitely through these three chapters and that's just the obsession with trousers and just like what trousers mean in this book um I think earlier on before these three chapters he mentions Lee mentions like just like boy I can't wait to get my trousers then I'll be a man and then like at one point I think it's when he's staying with his aunt and uncle he gets his trousers like in the mail from his mom or something and he's like really fucking hype about it and it's a big deal and then and then later on um he's oh it's when it's when he's back back living with his his uh immediate family he and brass monkey becomes a favorite child he's like dang well i'm wearing my trousers now so i just got to take this like a man and like I'm a man, so I'm not going to let this thing get to me. And I got my trousers, so it's going to be okay. And then... Super brutal to read as, like, a mid-20s man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, shit, I've been wearing shorts the past week. So. <laughs> I'm still wearing shorts my stress. whole 20s, this bro. This kid's, this kid's dealing with shit more than I am. Yeah, for real. Yeah, if I was only we were wearing trousers, everything yeah. would be okay. <laughs> and then also, lastly, the, uh, the homie the homie Catrack guy, um, he dies while frantically pulling up his trousers. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I also just like the word trousers. Dude, I love it. <laughs> nice little redemption arc for the word trousers in these chapters. Yeah, really great. coming back to the pants, scene. Not as fun. Boring. Yeah, pants lame. Pantaloons, fun, but Pantaloons, impractical. Yeah. Knickerbockers? Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we got to keep our feet on the ground here. all right who wants to go next i got a high hell yeah um my (laughs) high is definitely the namesake for um commander uh sabermati's uh baton where he shoots his uh wife and her lover and then immediately goes to try and turn himself in but the guy he goes to turn himself into is the traffic cop and he gets really scared by the gun, and then all the traffic starts getting backed up. So he's like, well, I guess I made this mess, so I'm going to just have to uh, solve this problem. And he starts directing the traffic, oh, yeah. but he uses the smoking gun as, like, a way to direct the traffic. And, like, <laughs> all, of, all of the people just kind of, like, go with it, I guess. And, like, the rest of the police come to, to arrest him. And he's just, like, standing where the other policeman was and just kind of, like, directing traffic with a loaded gun that he just used to murder a guy in cold blood <laughs> that was <insane. laughs> which i just thought was hilarious and i just could like totally picture that where he's like he's like a military guy and he's so calculating and he's just like well guess i just have to do this goes in just like blasts some people and then goes out and he's like all right i blasted some people and then the guy's like oh freaks out and he's like can't just let this traffic back up <laughs> so, <laughs> Like I killed, I killed I really these people, like but I'm not a bad dude. You know, yeah. I still like order in the household, so gotta... Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. I didn't like about that was that it's just kind of like murder, first of all, which is not very good. But also just like the whole... Um, just kind of like if it if it was reversed and he was having an affair, I doubt that her murdering him and his lover would go down the same way. And yeah. probably would, uh, yeah, get off a little more scot mm-hmm. free since he was a man and she right. was a woman cheating. So yeah, yeah, that's not as good. 
Yeah, so while yeah, we're... Yeah, he had a lot of fan mail and stuff like that. Like, a lot yeah. of people supported him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so while we're on the topic of that whole Sabar Marti thing, that's actually based off of a real trial in India. Because, um, uh, obviously, with, like, the close connections to history, I was like, I bet that this is a real fucking thing that happened. And it was, right? So it's the trial of... Um, commander nanavadi so different name but essentially the same thing where uh he he found out that his wife was cheating on him and dropped his wife and the kids off at a movie even like the same like theater that they went to in the book uh and then found the guy and then i I think with what happened in here uh, was he actually like a the, the story at least is he approached the man and was like are you going to marry my wife because you've been like she's been cheating on like me with you and are you going to take responsibility for all our kids and everything like that and then the guy said no and then he like shot the guy after he said no which i'm like i don't really know why that made such a big difference for him but it did yeah, um, like, yeah, yeah. and then if he had said yes he's like all right man i'm out of here then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here's my like, house key like maybe i don't know but um but then they actually the defense won the first trial just like in the book the jury sided with the commander of judge overruled the decision and sent it to a higher court which shut him down appealed again shut him down so basically the same exact shit that happened in the book actually happened in real life just with a different dude's name which i thought was pretty interesting well yeah definitely Shout that out no idea. i didn't know that yeah yeah and did I guess you I... learn did you learn about any of the like the reaction was that sort of the same yeah the reaction was pretty accurate too like in the general public he got a lot of support and one of the big things that they did in that trial um and i don't know if they mentioned it in the book i think they might have mentioned it in the book i just can't tell if like my mind's mending like melding but the whole where he's in prison thing was legit Right, so if if he had gone to like civic prison, uh, then he would have lost his military status. Right, um, it would be essentially the same kind of thing as like being a felon in the U.S. is how I interpreted it. Um, and so because of his military past and because of the public support for it, even th- throughout the appeals, they kept him in navy navy prisons so that if he was found not guilty, he could still have his like naval career, which I think is something that was mentioned in the book, but I. I can't remember because I recently read the thing on Wikipedia, basically. <laughs> but um, but but I thought that that was pretty cool, like a pretty cool thing to happen. Um, I that that kind of brings me to my high, I guess. Um, indirectly, my high was the whole just Hanif, man. Just Uncle Hanif just seems like a good dude, to be honest. Even yeah. though he's a bad screenwriter he just seems like a good guy who like actually loves for Salim no matter what and actually like you know wants him to be happy and then like he talks a lot about like him booming like an air horn and like just being like happy and like laughing and all that kind of stuff and I just felt like that the family dynamic of him being in exile was in a weird way at least for a part of it obviously there was a little bit of weirdness at the end and and that's a pretty big understatement right but um at the start right it seemed like Salim was actually in a family that like really legitimately cared for him and like Hanif was like this father figure for him that he couldn't find in his own dad and I just I thought that that was like kind of refreshing in the middle of these chapters you know what I mean like him him getting picked up by his by his uncle and uh, Mary Pereira and then them like trying to cheer him up in the car and like trying to do like nice things for him and stuff, even though the situation obviously fucking sucked. I felt like that made it a little bit better to me. Yeah, dude, I for sure agree. And and there's also that great moment where he like talks about how he goes into Hanif's like mind for a second. And then he's like, can't believe how depressed he is yeah and how like happy he is externally and i was just like man i feel bad for this dude and then all the the way that he contextualizes that with pia like constantly bitching about him and like calling him a failure and shit and i'm just like man this is brutal like she blames all of her own failures on him too and she's like oh he wants me to fail as an actress and it's just like it's a big shit storm for my boy hadith yeah and then there was a reference at some point 
about him like jumping out of a window or jumping off a roof or something like that which i can only imagine will come to light in the next few chapters after the like pia stuff comes to light for him too so so that's just that's that's like a sad moment but i just like hanif he seems like a good dude and he seems like a you know i feel like i relate to him in a sense where he's just like big like trying to like have a good time sometimes you know what i mean for sure for sure yeah i also liked how um going off of like them becoming parent figures to him how he said that uh salim sort of attracts parent parental figures throughout his life yeah which i thought was really hilarious and uh can't see wait to see where like other parents come in yeah he, he said something <laughs> yeah, along the like lines. the snake doctor guy yep <laughs> and Mary's always been there, but it's also funny because, like, even though he's got those parents, they're not really his parents. Yeah. And his birth parents was like Wee Willie Winky. And then his mom and died. And his mom birth. died in childbirth, yeah. and Winky's dead now too. So he doesn't really have birth parents, but he's got all these other parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think the way he termed it too was was interesting, where it's like he's he has a tendency to birth parents essentially oh yeah yeah and that was like kind of interesting and cool but um max did you have a high uh man i mean i have my low locked and ready to go but (laughs) as far as a high uh man i don't know i think i think my high like is actually the very last i think it's like the last thing he says at the end of the last chapter where he um was talking about how like all the neighborhood is changing and like all of his friends are moving and doing things and how like Sonny ibrahim like moves and he says that his sister descended on him in an inexplicable an inexplicable rage and like freaked out um she jumped in the air and like crushed this little globe he was playing with and he says that it seems like the departure of Sonny um had affected her after all despite her lifelong denial of the possibility of love and i thought that was just like such a great little kid thing where it's like she hates him and she like embarrasses him by like stripping him naked and she's like treats him like shit and then he moves and she like freaks out and turns out she like actually likes him which we as the reader knew all along but i just thought it was like an effective way to describe that like childhood infatuation with somebody like before you've even gone through puberty or anything and you just like you just like that person but you're like a kid so you fucking treat them like you just like are mean and bully them <laughs> it's just like i don't know as far as like an author trick goes i thought it was a good way to describe it but that's probably my high i was pretty down on these chapters like i enjoyed them but there man there was like so just like four or five parts of just like straight up tough reads i was reading it and i was like yeah i just want this to be over <laughs> like i'm not into this like it was yeah. tough man for sure dude it was i i felt the same way like i'm kind of i'm kind of i guess i could talk about my low now like i'm kind of out on Celine, boys <laughs> yeah he's not the best like you're done like if Salim was a stock i would short him right now you know what i mean like i i feel like he over the course of these three chapters just just really sucked just really really sucked and i'm not even just talking about like the some of the things that he did but like the way he's writing about it was even pissing me off man the whole like the whole allusion to the uh the prostitutes being murdered and then like saying like let me see if i can find the quote here really quick just the way he was describing things it was like insulting to my intelligence a little bit you know what i mean (laughs) like like the whole like callback thing we mentioned it before um okay here it is so the newspapers were full of talk of saboteurs speculation over the criminals identities and political affiliation um jostled for space against reports of the continuing wave of horror murders i was particularly interested to learn that the murderer had his own curious signature the corpses of the ladies of the night were all strangled to death there were bruises on their necks bruises too large to be thumbprints but wholly consistent with the marks which would be left by a pair of giant pre-naturally powerful or pre-internationally powerful knees like 
you could have just said bigger than the hands, right? And then let us do some like bing, bang, boom math in our head. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then later in the chapters and like one of the later chapters, he like alludes to it again that he was suspicious of Shiva for those murders. And it's like, you're like, you're making a specific callback to something that like literally happened 20 pages ago. And I'm just like, I'm just out about it. And then on top of that, right? Like, let's be let's be real like really really fucked up traumatic stuff has happened to salim in like the first chapter of this of of this session right the whole getting abused at school and then losing a fingertip in a bullying incident right and then like getting kicked out of his parents place that's all like really fucked up and hard shit to deal with but like my guy like trying to hump your aunt when you're crying <laughs> yeah dude yeah, like, that was the toughest what sure. what in the fuck was that and like look i was an 11 year old a year old boy once i remember how all that felt when you were first starting to go right when your balls had first dropped and everything right but like that is that is an insane fucking moment and then on top of that he's still so held on to this whole pioneer cafe thing and like to me, the Pioneer Cafe thing is pretty much fucking nothing because guess what? Your dad isn't giving her any kind of emotional support or anything like that anyway. And like, she's not doing anything really. They're like, honestly, just having coffee, basically, right? right. That he ends up literally, essentially murdering somebody. And then yeah. on top of that, like, severely, severely wounding another person and then putting somebody in jail for like, 30 years or something like that like i'm just out on salim right now dude i'm, I'm like so <laughs> frustrated at this little fucking 11 year old who has telepathic powers yeah man i was gonna ask you guys what you thought about him kind of claiming responsibility for the murder and and just like that that shooting because i was kind of annoyed that he i feel like he claims all this responsibility for these things and all these like historical events when like he like in this case he was definitely related to it like he he sent the note but it's not like he pulled the trigger or anything and he and he feels like he killed them he just has this kind of like holier than thou persona yeah, about man. him for yeah. sure yeah dude i think that that like definitely gets to me and it's hard i'm having a hard time like determining which parts are rusty and which parts are like the character salim because they're like these little expositions where I'll just say this, like, I feel like this every time we read a book, but there are parts of this book where I'm like, man, you are such a smart motherfucker, and, like, you are such a good writer, and he'll do, like, a page and a half on something, like, super philosophical, and I'll just be like, man, I'm too dumb to keep up with this, but, like, I'm impressed by what you're writing, and I think that those moments are more frustrating for me because then they're juxtaposed with these moments where his character is like oh yeah like i murdered him and i'm like yeah but no though right like didn't we just talk have like a big philosophy talk here and now you're just gonna be like oh yeah and then my character's like oh i'm just gonna take responsibility like i'm kind of the boss like i'm a little bit of a god right now with my telepathic powers and maybe that's the point and that's always how it is with authors right like i don't know exactly what he wants the reader to think but there are parts of me where I'm, I feel like Rushdie, like, dumbs it down just, like, a notch too low for the reader. And then I feel like almost, like, what I think what it was you, Luke, just mentioned, like, the knees thing. I'm like, yeah, man, I mean, who else is it going to be? He's the only other character that's evil. Like, that's, he's literally the only suspect. Like, I, I mean, you don't have to be like, yeah, he was killed with, like, some big knees. Ever heard of those? And I'm like, let me refer five pages back to, like, Shiva's big knees, you know? There's just, like, a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, come on, just, like, just leave it unsaid for just, like, a second. And so that's one of them, Adam, where I'm like, you should just let the reader think of that. Just be like, just have this whole thing play out and just end the chapter, and then I will be like, man, he kind of caused that by setting the note in, but also he's probably going to figure it out. I mean, his, his wife's cheating on him, so, like, he'll probably find out anyways. He probably was going to kill him anyways. But I just, I don't like when it's just shoved in my face and it's like, hey, I kind of made this happen. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that on top of that, too, there's the whole, like, 
I think he's has some more sway over time from things from things we've seen in the past, right? But like when his mom was going to bet on horse races and she won every single time, and then there was like an insinuation that he had some sort of like external power of will over that oh, a little right, bit, right. right? So I feel like it is possible that he actually influenced those events more than what he said too. Sure. Um, but yeah, like that's it, just going along with what you said, Max. Like, that's a lot of what I'm frustrated about with the book right now. I think is like the writing style that Rushdie has taken and the way that he's um, having Salim go through it at this point. It just feels it. It doesn't feel natural to me, and it feels like it's like it feels like Salim thinks he's like twenty times smarter than me, and I'm not about that. I, I think yeah. it's just the key thing, right? Like, sure. It the whole, it, yeah. I I think that's just the best way I can put it, to be honest. And it's like it's frustrating, especially when we know that he's unreliable, and then he probably puts too much stock in his own self, right? Like, as far as we know, right now, currently, like he's literally just living in a fucking chutney factory. That's, you know churning out chutney while he's writing this book and acting like he's basically a god right right yeah i was about to say that is that we're like past halfway through the book and he's still only like 11 years old yeah i'm kind of wondering like how this like is the arc supposed to be more focused on his early childhood and like how he sort of because he's kind of alluded to how his powers i guess have faded throughout time sort of right am i mistaken in thinking that I think, I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. He's like, so he's like, like in his 30s, right? When he's yeah. like crumbling away. So I'm thinking maybe it's just like a coming of age sort of story. And then it'll kind of go through the rest of his life fairly quickly. But then like, I'm kind of wondering how much time he's actually going to end up spending on his later life. And like what happens after he's sort of turning to dust or whatever. And like, mm-hmm would be a little disappointed if he just kind of like leaves it where he's like well here i am that's my childhood i'm turning to dust still and i'm still in the pickle factory yeah uh, yeah see you later guys that'd be pretty good luck with me and i'm like what you know but yeah i'm excited if it isn't like that you know yeah i'm curious i mean uh i just have to like i just have to ask you guys this while we're on the subject of the narration because i just was thinking about this I haven't, like, read anything about the end of the book, and I, like, I have no idea what happens, but I feel like if he was just schizophrenic, this would make a lot of sense, actually, because I feel like that's such a common thing for severe mental illness to, like, explain the world around you is to just, like, make yourself, like, you just to weave you, you throughout everything to, like, understand it, and, like, the way that as he grows older, he loses his power might be him, like, growing out of, like hearing voices in his head or something because like i could totally see if he was just like had schizophrenia as a kid and he's like starts to hear voices all the time that he would concoct this whole like grandiose vision of he's like the head of this like group of super children and like he's the he's the guy that all the events that happen in all of india like at some way shape or form like go through him so if, if he did the classic where you end the book being like oh well it was a dream or like oh well he was actually like i'm actually just crazy I'd be like, man, I mean, makes more sense than, like, it does right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it, it's just tough. Like, and I feel like there are some moments where, I don't know, dude. I don't know. There's some moments where it makes more sense to me if it was, like, oh, yeah, I just, like, am a totally unreliable narrator that's just, like, crazy. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm just writing this for Padma and his pickle factory and cheesing it up. But, like, I'm just crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I and feel then, like, I don't know. I feel like that's a that's a really cool concept but i don't i'd be personally disappointed if that's how it happened just because of like the context of who salim is and how the book has been set up to this point if that makes sense like the fact that it's so heavily tied to indian history and like historical events in india and like all this stuff just saying that it's like you know oopsie doopsie i i'm just like not mentally stable instead of like actually like having these events happen that would be unsatisfying to me personally um yeah but i i 
like that like i like thinking about that in this like in this moment you know because sure at this point we don't really know right like it like that's a really fucking good point is that at this point we don't know what his actual deal is and we don't know where he's going and we don't know if he's actually gonna go fucking anywhere with anything like it's yeah it's wild yeah. like it feels like at this point in the book like you know we're at page 300 and something now like 304 or something and there's like you know there's 500 pages in this book a lot of shit's gonna have to happen in that last 200 pages to make me feel like he was like an integral integral part of this birthed country's history you know what i mean yeah i think it's also wouldn't be that too far out of left field because he's already sort of done a lot of things where it sec- makes you second guess the actual magical nature of what's happening yeah and we talked about it in a couple past episodes but just like directly saying but you could think about it not magically and so like yeah. the mental health thing if he was like yeah so it turns out i wasn't actually in contact with all these people across india it was just all in my head would be like yeah that's surprising i guess because he's done it a couple times already but uh, well and i, mean, you I know feel like then the just... book isn't even magical realism at all and it's supposed to be this sure like yeah, magical yeah. realism exactly. exactly well dude i just thought of that too not to be like super annoying about it but it's like he hasn't met anybody he hasn't met any of the other midnight's children at all so if he just never meets him, I'm going to be like, okay, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, if Shiva is out there killing people with his knees and, like, all of these other, like, Pavardi the witch, who we still haven't gotten to meet, um, unless he physically meets them and they're, like, there and he's, like, you know what I mean? I'm going to start to be like, okay, so yeah, that, do these do these people even exist at all? Or what's, and I don't know. And the, one, one other thing I wanted to mention um, before we just, like, before we run out of time um what the fuck's going on with these magical realism books and like young boys having feelings for their aunts this is the second book where there's been the exact same scene where a young boy like tries to grab some boobies or something with his aunt it's the same thing man it's like 100 years it's like the same thing like they hang out they're like living together for a while and the feelings like develop over time and next thing you know they're like cuddling and i'm like dude what the fuck is going on it's like so weird yeah i don't maybe i should google it but maybe uh some like <laughs> light maybe some big indian indian actress no like... no not not like in historical <laughs> context but just like it's a trope in magical magical realism. Realism. Well, what i'll say is like in 100 <laughs> yeah, years of solitude i feel like it kind of served a purpose more if that makes sure. sense because it was this whole like the family itself was like incestuous and, and like that was their downfall in a lot of ways because it wasn't just like incestuous like sexually but it was like they never got out of their own cycles as people and like kept repeating the same mistakes as like previous generations i think we mentioned the the cyclical kind of quality of it in this podcast in one of our previous episodes but um it so like in that way it kind of like narratively made sense at the very least where it's like yeah i don't really want to be reading about this right now but i can like see kind of how it's happening this one it's like it just feels fucking weird, dude. Like yeah, she's dude. literally like bawling her eyes out, and he just swoops in like a he rolls in, and I'm like, no, 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 and I just keep reading. I'm like, no, no. And it's like he jerked. I was like, stop. And the, I think the worst part was like the when I read it, it seemed almost like she was into it for a sec too. Yeah, she definitely was, and like, then she like realizes what's happening. She's like, oh my god. But yeah, there's yeah. a split second where it's like definitely not chill yeah and our boy is like still 11 i I think what really bothered me about it was just like how over the top her like reaction and like the descriptions of like her being so vocal and i was like picturing that and i was just like i don't know i don't know what it is about like like wailing crying combined with like a yeah incestuous like drive young sesh like yeah like young uh, involving a young child too and i'm just like oh 
oh, like, I don't, yeah, like you said, well, Max, then, you're still reading it, like, stop. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, like, I think the reason it bothered me so much, Hanif's in the other fucking room, and then we see Mary Pereira in the fucking doorway with the big boy trousers, like, as if this was some, like, coming-of-age fucking moment for him. And well, I'm yeah, just, like, man, that's... Oh, you that's just ruined what, my high, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I forgot plenty, that that's how the trousers got there introduced. Were yeah, that other is. Great trousers <laughs> yeah, that. There were plenty of other good trousers. A retroactive trouser <laughs> tragedy. Um, <laughs> dude, I was just thinking about this. I was like, dude, if you were writing this book, and you're like, all right, man, I gotta do one scene with, like, some nice pre pre-pubescent boy stuff where like he gets a little boner or something to like signal to the audience that he's becoming a man i'm gonna have this whole trouser sequence where he gets his pants and that's gonna be like the the like nail on the head i'm a man now but i'm also gonna do this fun little like sexual thing just right in like yeah man i went to school and like a girl like touched my arm and i got a boner right there at school how about and the I'd fucking be, like, dance that he was at with a literal yeah, actual dude. fucking girl who exactly. had boobies I'd be like, oh, man. literally like three pages before this shit happened i'd be like oh this is a bit of a trope but like yep he's growing up but instead to do this whole thing with his aunt that's like so brutal and then to follow it up with like what he ends up doing when he tells saber marty about lilla being his new it, like part of that whole twisted thing is that he's like trying to protect pia because he like wants to get back at him and i'm just like man this is like getting way fucked up really fast like yeah. you should have just like i don't know i i like i guess i understand if the goal is to make it like a oh my god every action can cause like a million reactions type of thing but i would have much preferred at least that he just gets a boner with a girl that's like within five years of his age not like 45 <laughs> years because that was super tough yeah well like on top i guess the thing we should at least mention is like he's not going to be acting completely rationally because he is a fucking 11 year old right so like <laughs> when you're 11 you have all these like different things running through your head and the way you see the world is very different from when we see the world now so like I do want to cut him a little slack for that with, like, the way that he's, like, logically going through things. I'm not saying the whole, like, ant situation was super poggers or anything like that. Like, that's, that was not good. But, like, the logic itself, I kind of understand a little bit through that lens. But it's still frustrating to do, right? So, I don't know. Um, Max, something really quick before i forget when you were talking about the midnight's children and feeling like you're gonna be pissed if you didn't like meet one in person right i'm just pissed that they're like there's no relationships building there you know what i mean like like at all i feel like we're not like really learning about what they're doing or like what their lives are like and they're like not having like actual conversation like the only time we ever even hear from the children is in this like massive like 500 person fucking conference and instead i was kind of hoping that he could like you know find some friendship with one and like you know like start chilling and then maybe like he and shiva would actually have some in-person conflicts and like stuff like that and it just still like even though he's literally in their head it still feels like they're so distant and i don't know if that's like intentional or not but it just feels like to me that was a frustrating thought that i thought of in reference to to that they need some breakout rooms in the conference. Exactly, dude. <laughs> Have some small group stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, it's just too many people in that in that Zoom meeting. Yeah, yeah. Just everyone's talking over each other. <laughs> hey, everybody, did you do your Myers Briggs personality test before you came in? We're gonna break out based on personality types. Oh, I, I, can you hear me? I need to buy. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you. All right, so what we're gonna do Wait, is Luke, we're gonna. I had a question. <laughs> yes, yes. What's your question? My question. okay you gotta hold the mic up to your mouth you gotta hold the mic up to your mouth we can't hear you oh my god bro (laughs) oh one other thing i just want to end on a positive that was a great little bit by the way um i wanted to end on something i really liked about the book which was that there were i mean I, i i agree with you adam like there were sections that i actually really enjoyed of these these were just like an emotionally turbulent three chapters that i was like just all over the map with one of the things I really liked was 
the scene where his teacher is like berating him and like being racist but also like physically abusing him in front of everybody i really i mean i didn't like reading that scene but he did such a good job where he's explaining like the teacher is from like a very poor background and the teacher is also like had a lot of racism turned his way in his life and the way that he is like now doing that to salim as this like as a way to like alleviate his own like life life stresses and stuff was really interesting and mm-hmm. i like that as he's like bullying salim and calling him all these horrible things salim is adding like oh yeah his teacher is also like he's this and he's from here and he's you know what i mean and i was like oh, i was like a a great way to kind of like contextualize what being on the butt end of like racism and that kind of degradation can like do he might be in a classroom trying to pull out a little kid's hair and then <laughs> getting fired. Dude, that was so fucking insane. I know, man. I think I think the, the the thing that bothered me about that so much too was I was actually like into the teacher until he started pulling that shit. Like I thought he was kind of like a funny little character that like, you know, was this was this Spanish dude who wasn't really Spanish but like really loved the conquistadors and shit and spoke with a fake accent like just one of them good old like magical realism weirdo boys right and then that shit started happening i was like fuck you just duped the shit out of me like, yeah dude <laughs> yeah i really liked how he wrote the accent which was very well done yeah yeah but that was it, it on a more conceptual note max that was a really good point about how your own like shit rolls downhill right Uh and daddy i liked it and that kind of like feels like it was a theme for a few characters in uh in this in these bad boy chapters here well boys we've been going for a little bit um i don't know i know like i think i might have been the only person to actually share a low like a real low but we've been talking about a few lows does anybody have anything else that they would want to add specifically Um, not really. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> yeah, it's 12.30 for Adam. His yeah, voice is I don't have out. the, like... That was rough. <laughs> Man, cool. I don't have the, like... If you want to cut that out, I'll be very okay with that. Yeah, no, I'm going to amplify it. <laughs> cool, 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 I'm cool, actually cool. just going to use it in, like, a little highlight tape for us, is what I'm thinking. Oh, so. awesome. Yeah. Um, um, one oh, thing... this, is what it, this is what it was. Sorry, this is the last low, is when he, like does this whole thing and then his mom is like all right i won't see nadir khan anymore at the cafe and then he says that after she like she's never again gonna see him but deprived of him she fell victim to the fate of all women in our family namely the curse of growing old before her time she began to shrunk began to shrink and her hobble became more pronounced and there was the emptiness of age in her eyes and I was like, damn, bro. Avina has lived a big shit life. And now it just ends where she, like, stops seeing her true love. And she literally just dies, but is still alive. <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking brutal. All because Salim yeah. is, like, a little fussy of over Pia. He <laughs> saw the bosom, and then he made a very bad decision. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. <laughs> say that again. Um, that reminded me... Of another, there was another quote in the book that I really thought was cool. Um, when Salim went up to visit the doctor, uh, he mentioned something about how Indian people, when they get older, they like grow more powerful, but then Europeans like shrivel up and die, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was like kind of a cool little, little jab that he threw. Um, and then. Uh, another thing that I thought that was really cool was the whole fact that he's literally in the pickle factory that his uh, that Hanif is trying to write a play about or write a movie about the all woman run like fucking pickle factory like chutney factory or whatever it is um, and that's literally like where he is now writing his book which again just goes to show like who the fuck knows what's real and what's not in this story right because he's saying like he's saying he's here but he could just be making this up because of some story that he heard from Hanif or he could be making the Hanif stuff up because of where he's at now and you know whatever dude 
we'll figure it out at some point maybe (laughs) that's that's like the the quintessential magical realism question is like so this stuff happened I don't know. Maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe we just but honestly, be left bro, wondering. For real. I don't expect to figure anything out. That is the, yeah. the magic of realism is, yeah, bro, don't know. So maybe <laughs> we will, but like, probably not. Keep reading. <laughs> so here you go. All right, boys. Anything else? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's do some reading ass alignments. <laughs> Lamau. Um... <laughs> So, we're going to read the next, count them, three chapters. Uh, that's going to be Revelations, Movements Performed by Pepper Pots, and Drainage in the Desert. Um, that'll take us up to page, like, 350. Um, we're chewing through this book, and we only have, like, three more episodes for actually reading, and then we'll have to do a do another big brain book breakdown bonanza and this one's probably going to be more big brain book breakdown bonanza e than the last one because yeah. I think we're going to have some more shit to talk about just from a pure content perspective but um for the book club boys my name is luke and uh thank you guys all for tuning in peace out peace out peace out